0: Hello, everyone. This is Rob Wolf from The Loan Factory, and you're listening to The Lone Wolf Podcast. That's Loan spelled L-O-A-N, the show that talks about mortgages, and we'll put some real estate talk mix into it. You can reach me by email at rob.wolf at loanfactory.com or call me on my cell at 727-366-5722. I'm not a bank, so I'm available after hours and on weekends. If you get my voicemail, please leave me a message and I promise to return your phone call. I'm in the ABC business, always be communicating. I'm a licensed loan officer in the sunshine state of Florida where I live, Pennsylvania where I grew up, and the Rocky Mountain state of Colorado where I vacation every year. Loan factory is licensed in 47 states, so let me know if you're in some other state and I can find you a fellow loan officer. This podcast is just me, but I do have guests on here. Uh, it could be real estate agents, title companies, or any other person that might play a part in the mortgage process. If you're listening to this podcast and you'd like to become a guest someday, let me know. Hit me up. We can work something out. I keep these podcasts under 30 minutes and I'll post them every Wednesday at 9 p.m. And in case you miss a podcast, you can find me at www.thelonewolfpodcast.com. Remember, that's lone as in borrow money, L-O-A-N, and use Google Chrome as your search engine. Okay, so today we're going to talk about first-time homebuyer tips. And there's about 18 or 19 of these items. And I've got to be honest, there's a a few here that you don't have to be a first-time homebuyer. They they piqued my interest. So I'm going to rattle these off. And if you have any questions, uh, hit me up with uh, questions and we'll go from there. Okay, the first one, I think this one's elementary. Get pre-approved first, okay? And there's a couple reasons for this. And first, let me say that this is not pre-qualified, okay? Pre-qualified is when you talk to your loan officer and you verbally tell him or her, I make this much money per year. I've got this much in savings. Here's my job. I've been there for X amount of time, whatever it may be. And then they do a soft credit pull, or some don't even do a credit pull, to be honest. And they give you a pre-qualified letter. Okay, that's only worth the paper. So a pre-approval is when you send me documentation. I see a W-2, federal taxes, a driver's license, and I see pay stubs for 30 days, and I see um, bank statements for two months, and I validate this stuff. Okay, then I run your credit. Then I pre-approve you. Okay, so that's a pre-approval. Now, a few reasons why you want to do this. Number one is you want to know what you can go shopping for. You may want or think you can get a $400,000 home, but after getting pre-approved, you might be able to get more or less. So this kind of gives you the information what you can go shopping for. You know, the second one is, You know, honestly, a lot of realtors won't even show you homes or entertain you without a pre-approval letter. They'll give you some information, what have you. But, you know, make sure you get pre-approved because I'm going to digress a little bit, go down a, a different path here. The other one is show some respect to your fellow real estate agents. Real estate agents and loan officers, we do not get paid until we close on the deal. Okay, so... All the stuff up front we are doing in the hopes of getting you to the closing table. So this is one of those time management tools that you want to make sure that you're respecting your Realtor's time by getting pre-approved. And also, when you do get pre-approved up front, it shows your Realtor that you're serious and you're committed to the project, okay? Now, I know what a lot of people are thinking. Well, I don't want my credit pulled, okay? Again... Uh now I can do a soft credit pull to get you pre-approved, but again, you need to be committed to the process and it may take a hard credit pull uh to get you that pre-approval to know exactly what you can get you know a mortgage for. And you know, pre-approvals are good for 90 days and they do not hurt your credit as some people may think. Yes, it it may drop at 10 20 points. Okay, now if you're in a dangerous area of 620 or 580, and you may not approve for a conventional or FHA, then your loan officer could probably hook you up with a credit uh, repair agency, or I know some tricks of the trade to get your uh, points up a little bit on the, on the credit score, okay? So make sure we get pre-approved first. Then the second one is, kind of follows in line, once we're pre-approved, make sure you got a home buying budget. And what I mean by that is when I pre-approve you, I am pre-approving you on your gross income per month, okay? So there's a certain amount of money that I collect. I add up all your debts and what you would get pre-approved for with a mortgage. In this pre-approval, it does not count your home insurance, your real estate taxes, and your other expenses that you probably may not realize. Okay. So when you get pre-approved for a certain amount of money, your realtor, your loan officer is going to show you, you know, how much that is. Take a look at that number and look at what you're bringing home a month and make sure you're comfortable with that. So let me give you some examples here or an example. Let's say you make $60,000 a year. That's $5,000 a month gross. Okay, 45% of that, that's about the target. Now, there are some other loan programs you do 50%, but 45% of that is $2,250. That's the number that I'm going to pre-approve you on. Again, this is gross salary. You're getting pre-approved, but you're going to have to pay this in take-home pay. So do me a favor. When you get home, take a look at when you get pre-approved at whatever that maximum amount is, take a look at how much money is left over of your net for the month. And that's what you need to look at to pay for the real estate taxes, the home insurance, and I'll throw a couple others out there. How about your utilities? Yep, You've got to pay for, you know, here in Florida, it's not uncommon for people to have four or $500 a month electric bills in, in August and September. Okay. How about your cable bill? I stopped getting cable when it went over a hundred dollars, but some people that's their entertainment. They don't want to do without it and that's fine, but you're going to have to factor that in a couple other things. Do you like going out to movies? Do you like going to concerts? Any form of entertainment, the lenders don't value this at all, because the lenders are looking at this as, I want you to pay back my mortgage. And in reality, they look at utilities as you don't have to have that to survive and pay the mortgage. Okay. So do you do diligence and make sure that you're comfortable, uh, you know, with what you're pre-approved for? Third one on the list, school districts. Okay. Even if you do not have children, Make sure that you're looking at the school district, because if you want to sell your home, the next people that have children will be conscious that it's in a good school district. And let's face it, a a, a better society is an educated society. So I would encourage uh, everyone to make sure they're getting into a better school district. Um, fourth one is don't go out and buy any big ticket items. So when you're serious about, you know, looking for homes, you know, you're going to have to curb that car, uh, payment or not payment, but don't go out and buy a new car. Don't trade it in, hold on to it. Um, don't go out and get, you know, furniture ahead of time for the house. Just keep your spending as is. In fact, try to start paying down your credit card debt. Okay. Fifth one on the list. Don't switch jobs. Okay. Now, Here's how the lenders or the government looks at it, because we're talking about Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA. The lenders are giving you a 30-year loan. All they want to do is look at the previous two years, and they want steady income, that you're not a job hopper, you don't have gaps, and everything is fine. Now, they understand that you may have changed jobs the last two years, maybe last year, 18 months ago, whatever it may be. But if they see a couple jobs in there, that's going to raise a red flag. I'm not saying you're not going to get the loan, but it doesn't look good when you change jobs often. Okay, so stick with your job. Now, if you're given the offer of a lifetime and you have to take it, that's fine. But just be aware, this might curb the lender from approving you. Um, or you might get a higher interest rate, whatever it may be. Okay. Other thing, I think this goes without saying, um, check your credit score. Make sure that you're viable for an FHA or VA or conventional loan. Now, we all know that 620 is the minimum for a conventional loan and 580 is for FHA and VA is 580, but there are some exceptions. Now, if you don't know what your credit score is, you could probably call your bank. They could do it for free, or you could log on to Credit Karma. Now, Credit Karma, I'll be honest with you, it's almost like software versions. They're about two or three versions behind of what TransUnion, Equifax, and um, Experian use. So that's not a hard number, but at least it gets you in the ballpark, Okay. So if if you are below that 620 or 580 range, then maybe you need to do some credit repair until you're ready uh, to purchase a home. Okay. Uh, number seven, credit cards. Don't close them once you get them paid off. Okay, hopefully you're doing that. You're, you're paying down your credit cards. But once they're paid down, don't close them. Okay, that doesn't look good to the creditors. And from the same token, don't be opening new credit cards as well. Okay, so just keep things as as normal and just keep paying down those credit cards. Now, number eight, plan for your down payment. I think everyone knows you have to bring something to the table to get a house. I know there's some uh, down payment assistance programs out there uh, that might help some people, but for the most part you know, you need to be planning on, for a conventional, at least 5% uh, to get in. Now, you could, if you're a first-time homebuyer, you could get 3%. And I've spoken about another program out there that's a one plus. It does have some stipulations. Those are the lower uh, price ranged uh, houses and condominiums. But let's just consider you need at least 3% for first-time homebuyer conventional, 5% for a repeat. And for FHA, It's three and a half percent down. Okay, so factor that in. Now, keep in mind, the lower your down payment, obviously the bigger your loan will be, but also the more expensive your mortgage insurance will be. Mortgage insurance is for anybody that does not put 20% down on a a home. And let's be honest, 20% is a lot of money. I'm in Pinellas County, Florida, which is Clearwater St. Pete. And there aren't too many homes under $400,000. There are some, but, a, you know, a three-bedroom, two-bath, you're looking between four and five hundred, and even more. But with that said, a $400,000 home, you're talking $80,000. I don't know too many people that have that much money. Okay, so my point being is be conscious that if you have a low down payment, and a low credit score, your mortgage insurance will be expensive. I've seen some mortgage insurance as little as $35 for those big down payments and great credit scores. And I've seen some mortgage insurance over $100 a month because of low down payments and, and credit scores in the low 600s. All right. So the other one is, and, and not a lot, but some people don't realize this part either, is factoring closing cost. Okay, closing cost. That's what you need to bring to the table or the closing uh, to finalize and satisfy all the other people in the real estate transaction. Okay. Not only did you put an earnest money deposit down and you're going to have, you know, the rest of your down payment, but there's other people that made this deal happen and they need to get paid for it. And you'll get this As the loan is progressing, once you get your contract signed, it's called an LE, a loan estimate. You receive this as soon as the contract was signed and your loan officer locked you into an interest rate. Once you're locked into an interest rate, the loan officer needs to get this to you in three days. And as it changes, you get this loan estimate sent to you. And then three days before closing, you'll get a CD, a closing disclosure. This is disclosing to you what you need to wire in. Now, some of the things that are going to be on here are going to be the title fees. Okay, the title company has to research and make sure that everything's okay. You had an appraisal done, that could be six or $800. Your home insurance, you probably have to pay one year upfront and maybe even a few months in reserves property taxes have to be paid up front and maybe a few months in reserves you you have city taxes uh, county taxes uh, some other government transfer taxes and also you'll have on the closing uh cost in section a that's about the only part that your lender or that company you know can control you'll have an underwriting fee in there anywhere from 1500 to you know, it could be eighteen hundred dollars, but and I would say anywhere from a thousand to eighteen hundred dollars underwriting fee. You could have a processing fee. You could have a broker fee. You could have an origination fee. Okay, so section A, that would be up to your lender. All the other cost, you know, we're just at the mercy of the government and the other companies uh, to take care of getting you to the closing table. My. Point in this is closing costs can be anywhere from three to six percent of the purchase price. Okay, so getting back to our four hundred thousand dollar property, five percent closing costs is twenty thousand dollars. Okay, so keep that in mind. Now let's go to number 10, and it kind of dovetails off of the closing cost. Don't be afraid to ask for help with closing costs. I did a podcast earlier. About a temporary buy down that you could maybe get the seller to buy down the rate just temporarily just for one year or two years to make your monthly payment uh less, okay, another one is is just that seller concessions. You ask the seller, could I get two percent seller concessions, which would be eight thousand dollars to help you out in the closing cost now, keep in mind your realtor will walk you through this it may be such a competitive environment that the sellers will not be willing to give any concessions, but it doesn't hurt. You know, the other one is the opposite of closing costs is down payment. You can get help with down payment, i.e. a gift letter. You could have a family, a friend, uh, an employer, a union. They could gift you money. Now, it's got to be a gift. It's not a loan, but we would send a form letter and they would Down down. Yes, this is a loan, how much it is, which bank account it's coming from. And that could be for your closing cost or your down payment. Okay. So keep those in mind. Your realtor could help you out or your loan officer could help you out with creative ways to, to get some money. Okay. Number 11, distinguish between your needs and your wants. Okay. We all want the perfect house. But we all know it probably doesn't exist. okay? I've had a few homes in my day and they they've been nice homes, but none of them have been perfect. So what I always uh, encourage my buyers, pick about 10 items that you really really you know need in your in your house. and the extras are wants. you know so if you don't know, talk to your friends. But here, here's a couple I can rattle off real quick. Do you want it to be in a suburban neighborhood or in the city, the country? You want a couple acres of land. Where do you want your house? Is it okay to be on a busy street or no, it, it has to be in a cul-de-sac or something like that? Can it be a, a ranch, a duplex, or a, a two-story? How about the size? Is it a three-bedroom, two-bath? split floor plan, open floor plan, a one car garage, a two car garage. Does it have to have a swimming pool? You know, how about the inside? You know, I want updated windows. I want updated HVAC. I have to have a fireplace. It's, we live in, you know, Michigan. Um, How about the um, backyard? Is it landscaped? You know, so these are just some quick hitters there, but this will also help your realtor. Because your realtor will be able to put this in the search engine to get you, you know, narrow down what types of homes there are. Okay. Number 12, research the property taxes. I just had a conversation with a realtor at an open house about an hour or two ago. And as I said, you are pre-approved without property taxes and home insurance factored into it. And the reason I say that is here in Florida, as most people know, the property values have gone through the roof. Properties that had been bought five years ago have doubled. Okay. Well, if someone bought a home six years ago and they got homesteaded, their property taxes only went up 3% a year. So when you look on Zillow or Realtor to find the real estate taxes, that's going to be awfully low. You're going to be thinking that that's the real estate tax, but it isn't you're going to be paying real estate taxes on the purchase price. So get with your realtor, find out what the ballpark is. You might be able to go on that county's website and and search for real estate taxes. And that might get you, you know, a, a better feel. But make sure you understand that. And the second part of that, understand that property taxes will rise, okay? I don't know of many places where property taxes have decreased over the years. Okay, so that's 12 is research property taxes. 13 is know that they can rise. Uh, 14, this was an interesting one a friend of mine brought up. Of course, he's a handyman. Check for permits. If you're in a house and they did an extension of the house, they added on a room or something like that, you know, make sure because when someone goes out to inspect it. What if it's out of code? What if the electrical system's out of code or they, they didn't add to the HVAC or, you know, whatever it may be, just make sure that the permits were pulled, uh, to, to get that addition done. Okay. Number 15, this is a big one. Repairs. You're going to have to factor in repairs and maintenance on your home. Now I've read that a quote general guideline is one to 3% of the purchase price you will spend on your home in repairs and maintenance. Now, I I honestly think that's a little high, but maybe they're accounting for, you know, everything uh, to do with the house. But think about that, especially when we just first get out of our apartment, we're going to be going to Home Depot and Lowe's for everything outside the house, because now we have a yard to take care of. We might have a pool with a pump and some chemicals to take care of. We may have a sprinkler system to care for, but think of the inside of the house. We had a one or two bedroom apartment. Now we've got a three bedroom, two bath house. We need drapes. We need blinds. We need carpet. We need, uh, pictures, you know, so there's lots of stuff that you're going to be purchasing, let alone, uh, making some little repairs here and there, uh, along the way. So make sure you've got that factored into your budget. Number 16, I, this is a big one. Don't forget this one. Don't buy a home without an inspection. I am amazed that people will spend three, four, five hundred thousand dollars, but they won't spend eight hundred to a thousand dollars on an inspection. Okay, this is a certified home inspector, and they come out and they'll spend, you know, two to four hours looking at that property and checking to make sure everything's in working order. Now, some states this could be a negotiating tool, others it's not. Some states you can walk away, others you can't. That's up to your state and, and how you deal with that. But at the very least, if everything's perfect, at least now you have an education of your house because your inspector will give you a nice, clean report. It's all online. They take pictures and they show stuff. I've I've never missed a house without getting it inspected, Okay. Number seventeen. We're kind of coming in the home stretch here. Uh, know that you know how to handle a bidding war. Things have calmed down a little bit, but a couple years ago, it was not uncommon for people to be offering 50000 dollars above list price. Okay, so you, you know your realtor could uh, get in there and maybe uh, put in their contingencies that you'll pay the seller's title uh, cost at closing, maybe put an escalation clause to help you out. But, you know, just know what your top bottom number is and don't get caught up like it's an auction. And before you know it, you spent way too much money before, you know, before you wanted. okay? Uh, number 18, you know, be careful when buying new construction. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, the builder may say it's going to be done September 1st, But if anyone's done a home project, they always go over budget and they always go longer than we think. So plan for that contingency that you may have to be in temporary housing until all the permits are done and everything is taken care of because it's not just the builder, it's the inspector to give the permits that it it will have a certificate of occupancy. You know, and also sometimes these builders have lenders on site that might be giving offers that... Maybe legitimately, you know, sweet deals, but you may want to get a second opinion to make sure that that really is uh, a, a great deal that you're getting. And the last one is a little, it, it could be a, a factor or not, don't fall too much in love with the view. And what I mean by that is a lot of realtors, they price it into the home, look at the view of the ocean. Look at the view of the Rocky Mountains with the sunset. Well, I can tell you, views change, okay? You could be in a high rise in the city, and then all of a sudden, a year or two later, they're building one right next to you, and there goes your view. This happened to me in Colorado. I had a beautiful view of the mountains with the sunset over the Rocky Mountains, and guess what? They built a house and two in front of me, and I lost that view. And keep in mind that there could be trees around that grow and you'll miss that view. So just, you know, keep that in mind when you're looking at homes. If you see a nice view, look around. Is this something that's going to be there uh, for the long term? Okay, so I think I got through all 19. We're under the 30-minute mark. And I want to thank everyone for listening. And once again, feel free to reach out to me. 727-366-5722 is my phone number my email, rob.wolf at loanfactory.com. And you could always go back and and look at re-recordings of my uh, podcast at thelonewolfpodcast.com. Just remember loan as in borrow money, L-O-A-N, and uh, use Google Chrome in your search engine. All right, folks. Thanks a bunch for listening. I'll catch you next time.